You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Well, hey everyone, today in this devotion, I want to talk to you about strength and weakness, how God gives strength in our weakness. And it comes from a simple psalm, a simple thought, Psalm 73, 26. I was able to share this psalm with a group of pastors on a recent trip that I was able to take. That's why I haven't done the last two weeks of live devotional. I've actually been on the Footsteps of Paul tour. I went to Greece and Turkey, and the whole time I was like pinching myself, thanking God, and really uh, gratitude and thanks to my church who sent me. And um, man, it was just, you know, I have too many once-in-a-lifetime experiences and trips. I'm so blessed, and this was definitely one of them where I was able to Uh, just be fed God's word to be able to process and pray and think through scripture as we looked at Acts chapter 15 all the way through like 20, 21 uh, of the footsteps of Paul, the second missionary journey of Paul. And I'm going to be sharing a lot more about that. I feel like I have to process and pray through it and share photos and pictures with you all at the church, but also just in general, what's in my heart, these devotionals, I like to share uh, what God is teaching me. And he taught me a lot. I love that it was Uh, heavy in scripture, doing two to three Bible studies a day, devotionals with pastor, the fellowship was rich. It was just incredible. And the big thought that sort of came to me from this time away was how God used a man, Saul, uh, to be able to reach the nations. And the second missionary trip of Saul, who got converted into Paul through the gospel, was over in Europe. Uh, and it is so incredible and so daunting as we traveled the footsteps of Paul. We were on a bus and it would take, you know, an hour to get there by bus. But Paul walked. Uh, we would go from um, Berea or Thessaloniki down to Athens and Corinth, which took six hours. But Paul walked and it was just this one guy and his team and what the Lord had directed him to do. And God finding, um, man, just God using him in mighty ways. God finding this weak person, Saul, converted him to Paul, transformed his life through the power of the gospel. And then this apostolic call to touch people's lives through the gospel. It just makes you, um, at least makes me think more of when Paul was like, I- I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For is the power of God to save. He experienced that. He was a witness of that. And he actually preach this. And so I was really inspired, really encouraged, seeing the methodology of Paul, seeing um, God use this guy and his team and just the power of the gospel. Uh, But the verse that I want to talk to you today about before I get into all the details and the pictures, and I'm sure for the next couple of weeks or months, I'm going to be actually probably walk through Acts chapter 15 through 21 and just talk about these stories and events. But um, today, I just want to talk to you this big idea about how God uses us in our weakness. He he strengthens us in our weakness. Um, and this psalm is a familiar psalm. Uh, some of you may know it as a song. Uh, psalm 73, 26 says, My heart or my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. It's funny, I was sharing this with a group of pastors on the bus, and I started saying, you know, um, you guys know that song, Whom am I in heaven but you, O Lord, and he's I No, you may not know it, okay? But it's a great song, uh, and like no one knew this song. I was so surprised. Uh, growing up in the church, I remember singing this song a lot. In fact, my wife, cool story, she saw that I was teaching on this psalm, Psalm 73, 26, and actually was singing it all day. She went to the prayer meeting at Redemption Church. A group of ladies get together, and as they were um, 
praying before the my wife came into the meeting she felt like god said to her she's going to sing this song to the ladies in prayer uh the ladies were praying and one of the sweet women of the the prayer meeting said hey does someone have a song for us can you sing us a song and the lord just graciously prepped her to sing this song to the ladies uh, it's a familiar song it's a great song it's a cool song and it's a reminder i love how that God uses scripture to uh, help us to be reminded of his truth, especially through song. And uh, it's a familiar psalm in the book of Psalms. Uh, this is actually not written by King David, but Asaph. Uh, this is book three of Psalms. If you don't know if you know this, but Psalms are actually written in different clusters of books. Uh, like book one, I think is Psalm one uh, through 42 and then 42 through the such and such. And Psalm 73 through um 83 are 10 psalms from asaph and he's that famous psalmist that said he would have given up he would have lost heart uh, because the wicked were flourishing and the righteous were struggling but he went into the house of the lord and he got strength from god's presence and in that same psalm psalm 73 he says my heart my flesh they will they would have failed but god god is the strength of my heart my portion uh, it's a powerful uh teaching and reminder to us as I was thinking about this a lot in this trip of the footsteps of Paul, how this one man, Paul, took a few people with him, Journey, Titus and Timothy and other people. And he was just this one man preaching this gospel in a crazy culture. It was the first uh, time the gospel had gone to Europe, the first baptist, uh, baptism of Lydia being saved and um him struggling and preaching and going to Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, Athens, Corinth, all these places over in Europe for the first time. And you would think, how could one man make a big difference? Um, I would say probably can't make a big difference unless this is the means of God's grace to touch lives. And that's exactly what God did through Paul. He used Paul's weakness uh, for his glory and used this one guy to literally go into uh, each city preaching the gospel, going to the synagogue, touching scriptures, sharing the gospel, and people's lives were changed. You literally see the glory of God through this one guy who's just preaching the gospel on fire for Jesus, taking a team, taking a people, and just saying, listen, you can turn and know God. And I think Paul recognized that he was weak and he gloried in his weakness because he knew God was working in him. First Corinthians one twenty five says, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. God uses weak people like us for his glory. And I needed this reminder. I think you need this reminder. Uh, when I look at Paul's life, I think of someone who is weak or just insignificant in size of numbers, right? When you go into a city, uh, I was really struck by this when I went into Athens, Mars Hill. Uh, you see him preaching this message in Acts 17, and literally there's the Parthenon, there's uh, on this hill, you can see the entire city and all these people. And it's just one guy, this one gospel going forth. Um, but yet it had the power to save and it made a significant, huge difference. Uh, we need to be reminded that God can use us for his glory. One person, uh, one gospel, uh, one savior, one Lord, one baptism. This is what our hope is in, not our own ability, but God's ability. And I think Paul knew this. I think this is what it gave him strength to go into a foreign land and to preach this good news because he was called by one person, Jesus, his Lord and Savior. He experienced transformation and love, and he wanted to give that to people and share good news to them that there was um, 
one God that they can go to. And so the psalmist Asaph in Psalm 73, 26 reminds us of this because this is a the theme throughout scripture, not just through Paul's life, but throughout scripture that, that God is God and we are not, that he is strong and we are weak. He says, my, my flesh and my heart, they will fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He, he's reminding us and reminding even you today, believers, people that love the Lord and want to do great things for the Lord, that even though we have great zeal, great passion, great effort, they're going to fail us. He says, my strength it's going to fail. Uh, our efforts, our own strategy will fail us. If we want to do great things for God, uh, we can't rely on our own strength, our own flesh, our own efforts. We need to rely on the spirit. Uh, I learned a lot about the methodology of Paul. Something I want to dig into is I love church planning and strategy and intentionality. Paul would go into a big city, go to the synagogue, have a team, um, there was a certain methodology and strategy that we can glean from and wisdom of what Paul did to reach people for Jesus. And that's what we try to do at Redemption Church. Uh, learn from scripture, glean from others and wisdom and walk in wisdom. And strategy isn't bad, but it is a bad savior. It is a bad Lord. It is something where if you just rely on your own efforts, your own intentionality, your own wisdom or your strength, uh, it will let you down because it is Jesus alone who transfers life, transforms lives, not our intentionality and our strategy. And so uh, Asaph is saying, listen, my strength is going to fail. My strength is going to fail. My, my own efforts, my wisdom, uh, you know, the best strategy I've told the church over and over again, the best strategy that we can have as the people of God is to listen to God and to obey. There's nothing wrong with having effort, but it will wean. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit, God's strength to work in us. Uh, we can, I could have gone from this trip and looked at all the methodology and come back with zeal and been like, let's do it, more effort, more stuff. But the reality is it will fail. It's not the reliability on my strength, but on God. And it's not the reliability or my own efforts, but also he says our hearts will fail meaning our passion or inspiration. I, I don't I don't know uh, how to really express yet and process how incredible this trip was and how inspired I was by it. Just being there, seeing the obstacles that Paul faced, seeing the gospel that we preach today and have the, its impact. It was just so inspirational. Uh, but I told the pastors this and I wanted to remind myself this. Um, my passion will wing. We can't last off of our own inspiration and passion, our own excitement. Oftentimes we go to a conference, we go to a footsteps of Paul trip. We have a, a Sunday service or something that God does even miraculous. It's amazing. It's incredible. And we try to rely on a, on a passion or inspiration. But I was reminded of this as I went to go see the church in Ephesus and um, one of the biggest um, archaeologist sites in the world right now, six to seven million people visit this place every single year. It was so incredible, so amazing. And Paul was there for three years, did a great work and gospel was spread, but yet their passion for the Lord weaned. I think sometimes we rely too much on our emotion, our own passion, rather than our faith and our obedience in Christ. As a disciple of Jesus, uh, you know, that was the warning that the church of Ephesus had. Hey, you've lost your first love. Uh, sometimes we're not going to feel it and that's okay. We can walk by faith, not feelings. We're too go back to our first love, repent and, and have our passion, not on ministry and effort and our strategy and what we do, 
but have our passion on Jesus, looking to him as our source, as our strength, because our own efforts, our own inspiration, right? It will wean, it will fail. We can't rely on our own hearts, our own efforts, this psalm is saying. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being inspired, nothing wrong with having godly examples, nothing wrong with feelings, and it's amazing to have emotion. But my flesh and my heart may fail, he says. But God, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God can be our strength and our portion. He is the one that we look to to accomplish great things. And there is great power in him and his gospel. I love what Paul would write to the church in Corinth, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, proclaiming Christ and him crucified alone. He said, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming you the testimony with lawfully speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I love that. We, we can go and rely on not our own worldly strength, our own wisdom. I know for me, especially as a pastor or a leader, I want to rely on my own methodology, my own strength. This is why I love these live devotions. I'm just sharing my heart and, and working through processing uh, what God is speaking to me and not having a fancy outline, not um, trying to cordure up some amazing method, but my reliance is on God and his word. And as I share the word of God with you and the things that God's teaching you, I think it blesses you. Paul said, listen, I didn't come to you in lofty speech or wisdom. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He says, and, and, and I was in you in my weakness and a fear and much trembling and my speech and my method were not in possible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in wisdom of men but in the power of God. I think that when we, as men and women, rely on the way and will of what God has told us to do and point people to Jesus and his strength, not pointing to us and our own abilities or our own passion, our charisma, man, God gets the glory. And I see that in Paul because this psalmist says, our heart and flesh may fail, but God is the strength of our heart and he's our portion. He's the one that we get to point others to and receive. This comes from the idea that he's everything that we need for an abundant life, to do ministry, to live life. He's our portion. He's the one that gives us strength. It's not our passion, not our own inspiration, our strength and efforts. And this idea comes from Numbers chapter 18, verse 20. It was when the Lord said to Aaron, you shall have no inheritance in your land, neither shall you have any portion among you, for I am your portion and your inheritance among the people of Israel. You would remember that after the exile and the Israelites were free from Egypt, God sent them into this promised land and gave inheritance to all the tribes besides the Levites because they were part of the priesthood serving the people all over. And God said, listen, I'm going to be your portion. You don't need to have this piece of land or this thing. I'm the one that's going to satisfy you and sustain you. And you could trust me. You could be uh, my, I could be your portion. You are, uh, I'm your great inheritance. And this is something so important for us because I think when we think about our own strength and our own abilities, we do something and we want something back. But the reality is when we're trusting in God, we don't actually expect anything back. We're doing it because we love him and we worship him. And he's our great source. He's our great strength. You know, I, I've had to learn this um, because um, uh, pastoring a smaller church, um, there's sometimes not a great return of investment uh, as far as budgets or building or uh, status or all these different things. But I've learned that God is my portion. He's my inheritance. 
I love him and I love the life that he's given me and he's enough. See, honestly, if I put all my efforts and my life into what I'm doing for God and, and that ability and that reward coming back now, I, I can actually deceive myself because ministry is not about my status or a salary or how many people or influence I have. No, it's about loving God and loving his people. And when I do that, I'm satisfied because I'm doing it to the Lord under worship. He's my portion. He's my strength. He's my song. Um, he's my passion, my zeal. And he gives power to us when we make him our portion. It may look different than the world because now the Bible says we are the living priesthood, right? You are the royal priesthood, First First Peter chapter 2. We're not to make our homes here in this life. We're to live a generous life, not living for the things of this earth, but heavenly things. And he'll give you strength. He'll give you passion. He'll give you this abundant life as you submit to him and die to yourself, living for him, being this abundant, generous life. I love what Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 through 31 says. It says, he gives power to faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. I think this is really important for us, even in the last part of this prayer and fasting in this season that we're at as a church and other churches seeking God, we can seek God and trust that he'll satisfy. We may not get the answer or what we want right now, but we will get God. As I talked to you about this previous devotion, this book that I recommend called Prayer on Bio Halsby. He was a 19th century theologian from Norway. And he says that prayer is helplessness. It's recognizing that you need God and it's actually, you're just inviting Jesus into the situation. I love that. I love that quote. The idea that in that prayer, all it is, is just you're, you're recognizing that you need God and you're inviting Jesus in the situation. And see, when I, when I find that I am weak, I'm actually strong, Paul would say, because God's grace is sufficient. I recognize that I'm helpless that I can't do it on my own. There's such an insufficiency in ministry pastoring redemption church doing live devotions being a father being a husband i mean being a friend it's i just feel so weak all the time but yet in my weakness i'm strong because i can cry out to god and and isaiah says he gives power to the faint to him who has no might he increases strength and i look at a guy like paul who would be so weak so insignificant to the world just one guy and maybe a few people from his team sharing a message of hope but yet that gospel spread throughout all of not only Asia Minor, but Europe as he went and shared the gospel. I love that the trip didn't end with Ephesus and going, uh, Paul saying goodbye to the Ephesus church, uh, the elders of the Ephesus church in Miletus. It actually ended up with us going to the churches from Revelation, Pergam and Smyrna. And these were actually churches that were established not by Paul. It was the effects of Paul's obedience and his weakness that actually reached the nations. Paul preached the gospel, proclaimed that it has the power to God to save, and it did transform lives. And, 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 and people like um, Epaphras, he planted Philippi, and when, um, or not Philippi, but Colossae, uh, people like Smyrna and Pergamum, uh, churches that were planted, and they weren't even planted by Paul. They were planted by people that had been changed by the gospel, that loved Jesus. And, and it was in these dark 
evil places. Uh, Revelation says that Pergamum was a throne of Satan where Jesus came in through an unspoken man. We don't even know who actually planted the church in those regions, but we know the gospel went forth in power because it was God and his might and his strength and his his zeal for us in the gospel to say that's that whoever loves him that would repent and turn to him he would have a relationship with him because he died for our sins and this message spread throughout all the land because it was god in his strength and i just need to be reminded of that i hope you need to be reminded of that as servants as christians we don't rely on our own strength we rely on god and as we trust in god's strength we can let our hands go and see the spirit use the gospel use his word use um, man other people besides us and god gets the glory i'm so, i love that about our church i love that the word of god was uh, preached while i was gone away uh, there was other people leading worship i love that um that it's not all about me because that's daunting because i've come to realize like asaph that my heart and my flesh may fail but god He's the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And when your heart and your flesh may fail, be reminded today that God could be your strength, your portion forever. You could worship him. And as you do that, he'll get the glory. He'll get great impact. And uh, in our in our weakness, we'll actually see strength. So just been thinking, processing with that. I'm excited to share more about this trip. Uh, I think next week I'll probably pick up Acts chapter 15 and just walk you through um some great things that the Lord has taught me through this footsteps of Paul trip. Again, I'm so blessed and grateful. I'm just incredibly grateful to the church to be able to send me uh, to something like that. Pastor Robin, who's done these trips like this before, said it would be life changing. And uh, you know what? He was right. Uh, it's incredible to be able to be around God's people, seeing his plan and purpose and the places that the gospel went forth and uh, transformed lives. And I'm just so incredibly um, um, encouraged to know that the gospel can go forth here in Delray Beach, but also through these live devotions, through the podcast out to the world. So wherever you're at in the world, uh, man, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he strengthen you for the work that you called to do. Don't rely on your own strength. Don't rely on your own passion, uh, your own effort, your own inspiration. Rely on God. Worship him. And out of the obedience of that worship, man, he'll do great things in your weakness. He is strong. God bless you guys. And we'll talk to you in the next devotional.